Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Does your partner give you a hard time because you want more sex? Do you blame your work or family for getting in the way of what has you feel alive? And what do power and pleasure have to do with us becoming grumpy old men? Shayna James has coached many guys over the years through that intersection between owning our power and having the experiences we most want. She's got a new book called Power and Pleasure, A Man's Guide to Becoming a More Confident and Satisfied Lover and Leader. And today, we talk about how to shift our mindset from frustration into greater aliveness and fun. I'm going to be extra professional today, just for you. I, I kind of doubt that. What? <laughs> I'm super professional. Okay, let's I'm try. A public, would... Now that I'm a published author, I am even more professional. Right. And you will notice this now, too. That you I are... will know this now, too. But, you know, it would be not as fun. Well, there's Maybe. no more fun. Maybe it's, you all... could... <laughs> it's just... Serious. It's serious. Very professional. Here on out. There is no. Well, maybe that's where we where we dive in because you. Right. Well, what is that? Let, let's talk about pleasure. So you, your book, Power and Pleasure, is that yeah. the correct way? Okay. Yeah. And okay, so what do we? What is pleasure? Because pleasure gets kind of a bad rap. I know power and, and so, pleasure both get a bad rap. <laughs> it's kind of this weird, like puritanical thing. Like, what you're having pleasure? Oh, something bad must be happening. You must be losing money or not paying attention to your kids or you, you know, you're right. you're trashing your body in some way. So, what do you, when you right. are pointing to pleasure? What are you What are you speaking to? What am I so speaking we to? Well, and I think all of those reasons are probably why I I don't have as much pleasure in my life as I think would really be good for me. And I think a lot of us don't these days, but right. It's not a, um, let's go blow the roof off and party pleasure. It's more like a both for both power and pleasure. I bring it more to an internal place of how can you feel empowered? You know, how can you feel 
Um, and what does that mean? Empowered? Just, right. I don't want to, I'm going to tiptoe into this. So yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like, how can you feel clear about, you know, who you are, what you want, what matters to you and have the capacity to actually speak about that and ask for it or co-create it. Right. So that you're not sitting back feeling powerless, which to me means thinking, Oh, the world is happening to me and I have no control over it. And you know, I do believe there are many forces at play. It's not like I can control everything, but I think people let go or, or have a sense, less of a sense of power than I think we actually really have to, to create change or to create what we want. Well, let me just touch base. Cause I, I know so many guys that there's, maybe it's just part of the group or the culture that they hang out with that. Yeah. And maybe this was earlier in their lives where drinking was the how they come together to come to pr with pleasure. Yeah. And then, then there's this moment, like I'm tired of feeling like ass, like yeah. then I'm paying yeah. for it. And so there's this, this, this dissonance, right? It's like, well, yes. I want to be with my friends, but what are they going to say if I don't want to drink too? Like there's yeah. th this kind of either or, part. So you're saying there's an empowered place to come from and say, Hey, I still want to hang out with you guys, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink. Cause I just feel bad. Drink. It's not really yeah. that pleasurable for me to do right. that. Right. And then there's a, a way that I think the more empowered you are to say what's true for you without judging or attacking or blaming anyone else, the more you then start to create situations where you can have either the kind of pleasure or connection or, you know, meaning a situation that feels meaningful in your life. And sometimes I think you and I've talked about this before. Sometimes that might mean letting go of certain people in your life and not spending time with those people and spending time with other people. Like I'm just thinking about, you know, some of the chapters in the book around um, Jed Diamond talks about anger and irritability for men and how men can get more irritable and angry as we get as, as we, as they get old. I seriously identify as a man sometimes, I think. <laughs> you want to tell us something? Is this the day? <laughs> as people get older and, you know, some of it's testosterone and, and hormonal. And some of it I think is like we as adults take on so much more responsibility and there's what I'm supposed to do and the work I'm supposed to do and the family I'm supposed to take care of and all these things. And so, you know, they're, they're, I'm thinking about the guy you just talked about. There's, there's a maturing into, okay, well now I have to be responsible in my life, but what would it be like to also recognize, oh, you know, yes, this is life is intense. There are things to accomplish. And if I'm home with my partner, or I'm with my kids or I'm with my friends, like what kind of pleasure do I actually want to experience? And it sounds like sometimes we have to redefine that. What worked for us at a younger age, maybe it was drinking or the partying or the, some of the other things that don't necessarily yeah. align with being more responsible. Then it's just like, well, I, 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 here's the powerless parts. Like I just throw my hands up and say, well, that's it. Right. I don't know. I can't have I don't fun know anything anymore. Else. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. All the fun's over with. So poor me. And yeah. And it can seem like your world is falling apart. And then, you know, you and I both having gone through our twenties and thirties and now <laughs> into our forties. And right. I, I recognize, I remember when I got divorced, I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore for fun. Cause I used to go to different, it wasn't as much drinking, but I used to go to parties and there were big groups of people and there was dancing. And suddenly I was like, doesn't really seem that pleasurable right. anymore. 
and I found myself gardening more, you know, it was like, Oh, this is kind of, and I remember wondering like, is this okay? Is this weird? Maybe I'm super boring now because now I'm gardening, but yeah. right, finding it, whatever it is for yourself. And I, that's why I love one of the things about working with men and helping men recognize what do I actually enjoy? Not what I was supposed to enjoy, you know, based on what my family liked or what my culture liked and what do I actually enjoy? And that's out of the bedroom and then in the bedroom too, because there's a lot of nice guys I work with guys who identify as nice guys who don't necessarily know it's like okay well I want to make her happy or I'll go along or I don't even really know what would be thrilling and exciting for me yeah if I've spent my whole life going you know asking what do I do so that I'm not uncomfortable what do I do so that I'm not at risk or you know jeopardizing safety of some Mm -hmm. sort what do I do so I don't look like a moron or get cast out I never ask these questions. I'm never empowered to say, Hey, what do I want in that moment? And so it helps me understand what you mean by power in this sense, because I think when we talk about power, we tend to think of these archetypes of like somebody having power over somebody, somebody being dominant essentially. And that might be a form of pleasure, but I'm talking about more in, I tell my wife what to do, or I tell my, the, my team what to do and and that type of stuff. But that's not really what we're talking about here. It's more of a personal authority and not about having yes. power over somebody. Exactly. And I think about your chapter, right, around getting rid of the BS and the, in our lives and actually, again, like being able to move forward and not make excuses and not say, oh, right, I'm, I'm going to look this way or people are going to judge me. What do I actually want to create and how can I get into action without getting stuck in that that victim mentality of someone's going to think I look like a moron. Right. Let's come back to this nice guy thing. Cause this is very, very common. Uh, I, I have yet to really meet anybody who doesn't have a little bit of nice guy syndrome. I don't, it's not interesting whether you I, have, nice I wonder guys. like, do we just not roll in circles where those people are? That might be the case. I've been thinking about that. Oh, well, I've worked with some, you know, guys who probably are more on that swing and dick end of the spectrum. And, but even then it's like, Oh, but at, at home, there's some thing interesting or with yeah. like his daughter, he totally yeah. gives up his power or something. There's just some place where too much is on the line and he can't pull the dominant thing. Yes. And so he resorts back to the other part. So, but you know, we both understand that, that the nice guy thing is actually just a fear-based response. It's a defensive thing. And so is the macho thing. So is the, I'm going to have control over you, but it's really uh, what we need to learn or what the opportunity to learn here is, okay, how, how do I come back into my own power, but not in a way where I'm, I'm having to now boss somebody around. So totally. Well, yeah. How do you work with guys in that way? What, what, what do you see? And then what, what's kind of the process? What works? Well, I find that as men get clearer about what matters to them and as they also get clear that there's nothing wrong with them, you know, that their desires are good. And like what, like what can you give me what desire? Yeah, Like, you know, a lot of, okay. So the men who come to me who are married and unhappy often have a desire for more affection or connection or intimacy or sex. And there's a guilt often like, you know, maybe I'm being selfish or maybe I want too much or maybe this, or maybe that. And so as we get back into, all right, if there was no judgment about it, 
right? What would you actually want? How would it look and how would it go? And then we really start to look at, well, what's, what's keeping you from having that? And one of the things I often do is I have men say, what's not working and what's my role in it? Cause the, what's my role in it? I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but I'll just say this part and then you can gear me back. <laughs> the, what's my role in it is that place of empowerment because, you know, I watched my father for, I still for 40 something years now get walked on and be yelled at. And he's, he's, you know, sometimes asked me, how do I get your mom to stop yelling at me? And it's like, okay, I used to blame my mom and say, well, she's the one who's louder and she's the one who's creating this dynamic. But I started to realize after a while, oh, it really does take two people to create a dynamic. So even not making a choice is a choice and letting something happen is a choice. And so when we can get back to, oh, what, what really is my role in how this is going down here and start to actually make some of those changes based on what's true for me, what I really want, what matters to me, then we're back in that place of empowerment. I I like that because I think I think this is just part of a evolution thing, right? If we don't learn this at a young age, if we were just taught at a young age, don't don't speak up. Yeah. You do what I tell you, but you don't bring what you want to me because if you do that, you're a pain in the ass and yeah. I'm gonna send you away. Right. So yes you know, early on, we just learn, Hey, I don't speak up. I don't, I just sit here and be told what I wait to be told what to do. And then that, then that becomes the way that so many guys kind of navigate life is I'll just tell, I'll find somebody to just tell me what to do. And then you end up with somebody who yells at you all the time, you know, totally. And I'm just laughing because I've not raised my child that way. And I'm like, I think I've shot myself in the foot because my child, (laughs) a little bit, (laughs) I'm like, maybe I need a little more of, you know, that discipline of like, okay, stop it. Just, you know, no more. That's enough. But, you know, so I'm trying to find that balance, but it was very clear to me that I, I didn't want to raise a boy who, you know, stuffed it and wasn't allowed to have feelings and all of that. And, you know, that feels important. And now we'll, we'll see what happens. My child may walk around being very emotional and overly emotional. Well, there, I think this is where we come back to, Hey, I get to own what I want. And that doesn't mean it's what I want is not wrong. Yes. Just having a desire and then slowing down and saying, okay, how do I bring this to my partner? But I think before that, we even have to work a muscle just to even empower this, this muscle in us. It's like, Oh, can I even get in touch with what I want? And I think most of us are just like, Oh, if I'm not happy, Oh, well, that's just kind of stuck in that place. Yes. And to know too, right. That just because we want something doesn't mean you're going to get it. But if you want it from a place of empowerment or a sense of, Hey, this really matters to me versus a place of complaint or I'm pissed at you you're not giving this to me. It goes over way better. And it's, it's much easier to have that conversation. Like, you know, Alison Armstrong, I interviewed her a while ago and she was talking about how if men share that they want sex, but without sharing the why or that deeper place of, you know, what this would do for me or why this is meaningful for me, it's a very different conversation. And a woman, if in a heterosexual relationship, a woman might just be like, ah, you just want that, you know, and that's a pain for me, or you're objectifying me, or you want it too much or whatever. And there are some women who want it also at the same, right? Every couple has a different level of desire, but let's just say the man wants it more and the, and the woman wants it less. Um, 
you know, there, there's something around having that conversation of here's what I see it could do for me. Here's what I see it could do for us. There's a collaboration and a co-creation that starts to happen when you feel more empowered. And when, like you said, you get, oh, my desires are good. You know, there's nothing wrong internally with anything I want. It's then consensually, maturely going and creating it. Yeah. But the, I'm seeing this in waves, right? So it's it, my work is to learn how to be <clears throat> empowered with myself in relationship with myself. What's, yep. what's my relationship to my own desires? Can I be okay with that? Because if I'm not, I will push that down. Right, exactly. Before, before somebody else has a chance to. So, yeah. all right, I'm going to acknowledge my desires. Yeah, what do I want? Oh, I want to yeah. go here to eat today or I want to have sex with my wife or I want to whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it, what's my reaction to that? Do I, yeah. do I get nervous and push that down or I make that wrong? And, oh, you can't have that and get into this battle with myself. And then once I can become more clear with what I want, then it's about being in relationship with others. Like, Hey, I'm cool with what I want. Now I want to bring it to you. What do you say? Can we co-create something here? And she may still do her thing. Like, how dare you? And whatever. And then you file for divorce. But the, but I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut to the chase, guys. Just get yeah, in there. Get and out. No. Get out now. No. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. But the but the point, <laughs> the point is. <laughs> but yes, it's it's learning how to be like where's that line? And I, I just see so many guys, they they haven't quite they're wanting their partner to be different, but they haven't done the work themselves. And I yeah. think that's the empowering part here. Is let's let's just start with that. Yeah. And I just this feels vulnerable, but I was just thinking about how in, you know, in sexual relationships for me with men, there can be moments where it's over, like a man is done, you know, he comes, it's over. And I'm like, nah, I'm not really done. Right. And I've had a lot of experiences in life where a man is kind of just like, you know, well, he's done. So it's done. Like the experience is done. And, and great guys, it's not like these men are assholes or anything, but you know, for me that I have the good girl thing where then I have to get the courage to speak up and either say, Hey, you know, could this happen? Or will you touch me? Or I'm not totally done. And, and I, I recognize it happened to me, you know, not that long ago. And I was like, God, why is this so scary to ask for what I want? Mm. And so I have the good girl version of the nice guy. Well, what was scary? What is scary? guess there's a, for me, there's a fear of, um, being too much, or I'm going to be some kind of a burden or what if he doesn't want to, and if he doesn't want to, then that means, I don't know, somehow I'm pushing for something that then he'll get resentful, right? There's all these like stories and history, like the whack-a-mole that just pop up. Right. And so then it's a, bit, realize, it's a lot of uncertainty and yeah. I'll just keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to say Right. That. And that's what I've done a lot in my life is I'll just keep my mouth shut. And then, then, you know, down the road, I'll be resentful that something hasn't happened. And so I've had to work with that one that I tend to work with men a lot too. Okay. Have you talked about this? Have you, have you asked for it? Sometimes it's a yes, but often it's either a no or sort of, but it was kind of awkward and I didn't really know what to say. And then I just, you know, said something and then I just dropped it. Right. Right. Yeah. A, a version of this that happens for me in real time, this happens, uh, is my wife and daughter. It's, it's a weekend. It's like, Hey, let's do family time. Yeah. And I'm clear. I want to do my own thing. 
I want to yeah. go surf or I want to go whatever. But, and it's like, all right, well, yeah, let's do family time. I do want to have family time, mm-hmm. but then there's this thing like, it's not really clear what we're going to do. And it might just be kind of hanging out and it might just, and I'm just like, come on, let's like, what are we what? doing here? And yeah. I can start to get pissy yeah. and that pissiness or that frustration is always an indicator to me. I have an unmet desire. So yes. I, I share this because that frustration is information. It's not like, uh-huh. oh, I got to push this away. Or I'm, it used to be, I'm a bad dad or I'm a bad husband if I'm getting pissy and I don't want to be with my family. It's like, well, what's the desire here? Yes, But exactly. this comes up and it's like, oh, what's going on? It's like, I, I feel like we're dicking around and I want to go surf or I want to yeah. go do this other thing. And if, but here's where the, the kind of the clamp comes in. But if I want to do that without you guys, I'm being a bad dad or whatever. Right. So I'll just check it out and say how I'm, I'm noticing I want to go surf. I want to do this, but I also have a story that if I kind of abandon this time, I'm going to, you guys are going to be pissed or hurt or whatever. Like, Oh no, cool. No, we can do this later. or We can do something else or blah, blah. And it's like, okay, cool. Now I'm not Mr. Poopy pants sitting around the family type thing, but that's that obligation to be the good dad or that identity and and, and genuinely wanting to have good family time, but at the same time wanting something else and not speaking up, that's where I can just kind of get, and, but, yeah. yeah pivot. Part of what I love that you said is I noticed that this is what I want. And then here's the concern or here's the sense, you know, the, the story that I'm making up that you might feel. And then if somebody does feel that, right, that that's okay too. Well, actually, I really did want you to be here. Okay. Well then let's collaborate on how both of these things can happen. It can be a win-win. It's not Oh, now I'm going, now I'm in a relationship or a family dynamic and I just have to give up everything. Right. And then, then midlife crisis happens. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a fast track to someone blowing up something. Exactly. Exactly. That, and, and so, and sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm thankful because Allison may notice that I'm edging into that territory sooner than I can. She's like, everything all right? And I'm like, yeah, fucking everything's fine. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh no, it's not. I am. I'm not really clued in. So, you know, I appreciate that part, but again, it's, it's like watching out where we might attach meaning to it, which is yeah. if I don't want to be with my family, I'm a terrible husband, I'm, a terrible father, or yeah. my, my partner's going to think that about me. Oh, she doesn't, she doesn't see that I love her or that I want right. to be around her. And I think that's the, the, I, the thin ice that we're skating on all the time right. is I can't really talk about this or I can't bring it up because it means this. If yes. I have this desire, it must mean something. If I have a attraction for another woman or I have this, it means this other something. thing yeah. is, is, you know, and then everything's terrible and everything's off the rails. So totally. that's the, do you help your clients with that? Like learning how to speak up and, you know, cause that's yes. the belief. If I say something, it's just going to all it's blow gonna up. break and, everything. It's going to yeah. all blow up. I mean, that's one of the things I love. And I'm actually attempting to write a, another book right now around the overlap between honesty and passion or honesty and relationship satisfaction. And, you know, some of my clients, we do role plays because part of what happens is... What do you, what do you wear in the role? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe I didn't catch that. Oh. <laughs> you right. of all people. Of all people. Wow. Okay. So I'm not doing sexual role plays, right? We're just doing those conversational, I should call it all conversational right. role all plays. Right. Sorry Sorry. to disappoint you. (laughs) So awesome. I find that we'll do a minute or two of how might I say this? And then it really goes deeper into, uh, you know, one of the guys I was working with recently, he said, well, sometimes her feelings are really valid. 
And I was like, whoa, wait a minute, hold on. We need to rewind that. Cause you know, if a person has feelings, if you have feelings, they're, they're always valid. They're always, we've got to start from, okay, this is what's happening instead of, oh God, damn it. I hate this. And you know, I just wish she would shut up or whatever. Right. Like the, we have to start with a, a sense of, sorry, we have to start with a sense of yes to what is happening versus resisting it. And so, well, let's slow down. So yes okay. means, doesn't mean that I, doesn't mean I, I mean, like it. Doesn't mean I like it. Doesn't mean I have to go along with it, but right. it, this is happening. This is what's happening. This is what's and happening. And so if I'm going to be like, oh, I wish this wasn't happening. And then I either get pissy or walk away or explode and attack back and be like, God, this always happens. How, you know, can't you stop this? Then you, you're coming. Can, can you stop being you, you and wanting what you want? And exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Right. So then, you know, it all blows up. Whereas in the role plays, we start to look at, all right, well, what the, the deeper layers of what would it be like, or how can you relate to the situation from a place again of empowerment? Cause if you're wishing something would be different and it's not, that's a disempowered place. But if you're recognizing, okay, this is what's happening. I don't necessarily like it, but I want to, I want to work through this. You know, how can I collaboratively or, you know, create a win-win here? What's going to be best. You've got to come from that place of, of power. So oftentimes we'll end up going back in one situation. We ended up going back to his dad who was very, you know, verbally intense and, would tell him he was wrong. And so he would freeze. So then we started to work with that where he would freeze with his wife, right? Cause we bring these patterns of, of emotional patterns, conversational patterns, relational patterns into our current relationships. And then we think that's the current thing is what's happening, but oftentimes it's that old trigger. So I love getting to work with men around that. So that then when you go back to have that conversation, there's so much more room and space and you're not in a freeze or fight reaction. Yeah. I can be with this person instead of fighting whatever's going on in my past or the wiring that's happening yeah. there. Well, yeah. I wonder what happens for you. Cause I deal with this with, with my clients as well. And sometimes my client is the guy who's on the personal growth path. He's the one reading the books and doing the seminars yeah. and wife is not, she's yeah. going down another road. Maybe she's self-medicating and doesn't really want to have anything to do with growth yeah. or reconnecting or in for her own reasons, like whatever's going on. Yep. And so when he starts to bring this up, it's almost like they're speaking two different languages Yes. and it'd be, yeah, it's ideal. It's like, I'll just speak this way, but he's got to learn how to translate this or he's got to learn how to meet there. How do you, how do we get through that impasse? It's a great question, right? The, the translator, how do you translate into sometimes it's women speak and sometimes it's just humans speak on a vulnerable level as opposed to that distancing or making someone wrong, right? Yeah. He'll go talk road. to his buddy about it, but can't talk to her about it, right? right? He'll go bitch and complain or whatever, but it, there's this thing like, I can't bring this to her. She's yeah. just, we can't talk about it. Right. And my sense is that the fear there is like you said before, everything's just going to blow up or I'm going to break something or I'm going to give up. Sometimes it's, I'm going to give up the scraps that I have, right? It feels like scraps almost like it's not a full <sighs> meal. But I'm going to, it's better than being better than starving or being alone. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think, I think there's an aspect of this, of like knowing that 
I've seen this over and over where the guy will say something, we'll really work on how to speak, like, and what to say. And I'll even say, write it out. Yeah. Okay. So that she can have her reaction. And you said this and you said that. I say, actually, it's not what I said. It's on paper. Here's what I said. And, and it might take days, a, a week yeah. or so yeah. where she can actually start to see what was being said instead of whatever yeah. gets interpreted through her own maze in her own yeah. minefield. Um, and I find that, for that people to record themselves. Yeah. And I find that's really hard to do verbally. That's why I like, especially with my guys, like, let's just write it out what you yeah. really want to say. And then on your time, you can give this to her in a yeah. loving way yeah. and, and just like, know that there might be a, a bomb that goes off, but that's her stuff. Right. And, but it create an invitation. I think that's the big thing is most of the guys are going to go in there and they feel empowered and they, now they're going from nice guy to that kind of my way, bitch, you know, now it's going to, we're going to do things right. my way. And it's this imposing thing, which never goes well. Does not go well. But it, uh, yeah. And so it's, it's like this demanding or judgy or condemning mm -hmm. thing, which is a lot different than hey, here's what I see possible. Here's what I'd love yes. to create with you. What about, what would you like? And that still might be considered a criticism in her fragile world, like whatever's right. going on. And it might take several times, but it's hard but to if you don't try you're just left with the same thing for right. the foreseeable future. Right. right? And so right. you have to, what I love about your work is you have to take that risk that most of us are not wanting to take in order and it'll either blow up and it, and then I'm like seeing the, the tree, right. It'll blow up and fall apart. It'll blow up and something really beautiful will happen or something, you know, beautiful will happen. Right. It's like, there are all these different options, but I think we often think if it blow, if there's a blow up, then it's going to fall apart. Sometimes things blow up and actually start to rearrange themselves because right. there's now a foundation that you're starting to put under the house that you've built that has been really unsteady. Yeah. I, I think it's helpful to, to name the dynamic versus the relationship. Mm. And what I will tell the guys say, look, you know, if you don't like this dynamic, then it's your responsibility that yeah. it ends now. The dynamic ends. The, the relationship dynamic. doesn't have to end. But I this dynamic, that. the way that you're showing up yep. is done. Yep. You can commit to that because it takes two, like we've been talking about. So you could put a stick in the spokes here. This dynamic ends. And so yes. can you create an invitation for another possibility? But you're not gonna you're not gonna perpetuate this thing. We've yes. identified the behavior, the choices you make that you go that you do where you tiptoe around and you know, so we, and I think that that's the, an empowering thing. Like, okay, no matter what this dynamics over now, I don't know what's going to happen to the relationship, but I'm still here, but I, I want to reinvent the relationship. I see another possibility. Can I invite that person into it? And on the flip side, I've seen guys do this and, and then they realize, wow, I was projecting my mom or my dad onto my partner the entire time. And she's just like, hallelujah. I've so been wanting this too. And I'm so sick of ABC and I'm so glad you're speaking up. It's yes. just like, I had no idea she was in that, that space. And right. again, it was right. all just, sometimes we're both holding back and not speaking. And then we don't know what's possible. That's the saddest, right? It's that's like, oh, we, we got, I've seen this with young couples too. It's like, oh, we, we worked so hard to get the, the wedding and all this other stuff and get our life started. And then just sitting around that first year, like, oh, what do we do? Oh, I don't know how to relate to you. No, I was working with a couple recently and I was talking about getting more vulnerable. There's always a more vulnerable layer. I'll say always, I think always than what we're communicating for most people. Then right? Why would we want to be more vulnerable? I, I hear the, 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 you know, yeah, let's go more vulnerable. What, what, why? 
Yeah. So for him, you know, he was like, well, this is going to be really hard. And I said, well, that's okay. Right. <laughs> it's okay. This is going to be hard. And so why get vulnerable? I mean, you know, when, when we hear from someone that it's not just they're angry or upset about something, but they're afraid that, you know, their child is going to be hurt as a result of this, or, you know, we can, you can give more examples, but it's like when someone really gets at the heart of what's going on for them and, and why they're upset, I often find most of the time that my heart starts to open and relax. I start to feel like, oh, okay, well now that I know where you're coming from, or now that I, now that I'm not making up my own story about you not caring, or you being rude, or you, you know, thinking I don't matter. Now that you've filled in the gap for me, I can start to kind of get your world or have some compassion for what's going on over there. So anytime we are, putting up a fight, then the, the, uh, what would you call that? Like the impetus or the, the, you know, the other person wants to just put up their fist and fight back. But if we start to get more vulnerable and actually go into those layers of this is why it really matters to me, it doesn't have to always be crying or falling on the floor, you know, into a puddle. It's just getting clear about what matters to you is even more vulnerable than saying, I need this done or I want it, or I want, you know, this isn't happening and I'm upset about it. Right. You know, when you say vulnerable, I can hear more accessible, you know, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I wanting? Just sharing that information, which can be a real challenge for most guys to just say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm wanting about something. And it's just like, Oh, well, I'd just be transparent. I would just say, Hey, I'm on board with this or not. But most of us are kind of throwing out that sucks or, you know, that's stupid or whatever, but we're not actually saying I'm not crazy about that idea. Here's why I I was, uh, you know, I I think it's going to be painful or I think it's going to be expensive or whatever, any of those things that that can come up. But yeah, I see this in, if we don't share that we are vulnerable or we don't share that we are, or what's really going on for us, then people can treat us like shit. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this happen where it's like, wow, she's really mean to him. Mm-hmm. I was like, have yeah. you ever shared that that hurts? Like if you're on the dance floor and somebody steps on your steps foot, steps on your foot and you don't say like, anything, you don't say anything. And they just keep stepping on your foot and you're like, ah, yeah. whatever. And you're like, yeah. this hurts. This is painful. And it's like, why doesn't he want to dance with me anymore? Right. And it's like, you didn't share. It doesn't, you don't have to be like, you're a terrible dancer. You just be like, Hey, when you step on Ouch. my foot, it hurts. Yeah. Well, and usually there's so many years for the the men, I think you and I end up working with it's either they're single and they don't want to be. So they've, you know, been in long-term relationships and somehow they haven't worked out or they're married and, or in a long-term relationship, it's been many years. And so there's all these things that have stacked up disappointments, frustrations, you know, things that have gone unsaid. And so then people are trying to relate on top of those. I love, I think it was, I can't remember who it was who had the metaphor of there's a pane of glass. And every time something is left unresolved, it's like splattering, paint on the pane of glass. And so you're trying to look at each other and trying to Mm. see each other through, you know, you can barely see each other anymore. And so to really start to, to say that deeper layer, you know, then there's actually a place where you're like, Oh, I'm starting to know who you are instead of all my stories that I keep projecting on you because you keep walking away or you keep attacking me. So then I'm just going to make up all these you know, stories about how you're an asshole and then nobody gets, it doesn't get anywhere. Right. 
Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it comes back to why would I want to be vulnerable? It's more just, I want to be transparent. I want to be accessible. I I got to say, Hey, here's who I am. Here's what I, this is what I value. This is what I stand for. This is what's important to me. And instead of being this opaque. Yes. And this goes back to being empowered because when you get to a place where you're like, Oh, I'm a great human being and I feel scared and I get anxious and you know, I, I have needs and desires when there's not, when you're not making yourself wrong for that, then you can communicate in a way that has much less emotional charge and intensity. And this has to go this way. And I'm attached to this, Mm -hmm. right? It could be like you said, more of a, you know, a conversation that includes here's what's going on for me. And it's, it's collaborative. And I think a lot of men come to me thinking that, asking for what they want or need. There's some kind of weakness there. And I see it really as, again, going back to that, a place of empowerment. Here's what's, here's what's real for me. And I'd like to make this happen. And, you know, the invitation, like you said, would you do this with me? Can we co-create this together? Let's go, let's, let's explore the weakness piece because I see that a lot too. And I don't know, there's definitely the cultural piece of, you know, the, the strong man that, I'll just kind of keeps everything stuffed (laughs) inside and drinks himself to death and uh, has a heart attack at 55. But then there's the, but then it doesn't mean that we wallow in our pity in our self pity or anything like that. And I think that's where maybe we've got to create some, you know, spectrum here between I can have emotions, but not be swallowed up by them. Right. 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 I can recognize, okay, there are different parts of me And when I can, when I, when I accept myself, I think it's a lot easier to have emotions, but not fall into them. Or, you know, there's, there's a beautiful concept in Buddhism of the witness or, you know, in mindfulness, a lot of people are talking about, like you can, you can witness yourself in the experience of being emotional. I feel sad right now. And you can, you can actually feel it. And you can also kind of take a step back to be able to witness it so that you can then communicate it. Right. So, you know, first I think for a lot of men, it's like, Oh, what am I actually feeling? I'm not even sure what I'm feeling. Oh, okay. We help the feeling. Then we help the witnessing. Then we help the communicating. And so, you know, I used to be a horrible, I would get into my emotions and be, you know, a horrible communicator. Cause I was so emotional and I could, I, I did, I wasn't able to take a step back and notice wow, I'm feeling pissed right now, or I'm feeling so sad, or I'm feeling so disappointed. So I couldn't really communicate clearly about it because I was so lost in it. And now that I can take a step back and realize, wow, I feel like I'm going to blow my lid. I'm so pissed off, but I'm not allowing that to just take over and express itself because I know that that would not create a healthy dynamic that would not help me get what I want. Right. Yeah. Coming back to, again, at a young age, being told it's not okay to have our emotions, quit lashing out with your anger. Definitely don't cry. Definitely don't show any of that weakness. So just bottle it up and try to get through life. And that doesn't work out really well. It does not work out. But it also ties back into pleasure. If I'm, if I've numbed myself, Mm -hmm. if I'm doing whatever I can to numb myself, then how would I expect to feel pleasure, feel anything good, right? I'm just not going to feel anything. And it, it might seem like it should feel good and it might check the box on, yeah, I'm going and doing this activity, but I don't actually mm-hmm. feel anything. And so many yeah. guys that I talk to are like, 
hey, I've gotten successful, but I don't, I don't feel anything. Everything kind of feels empty or hollow or yeah. it's missing something or whatever. And, and a lot of times it's, it's because something in their wiring or their, their, their upbringing or whatever this is, is the opportunity is to go back and say, Hey, I've got to reconnect some of these wires and, and be able to feel things again, including the stuff I maybe don't want to feel. But I think that's where right. the real empowerment comes from is I can yeah. be with my anger. Or I can be with my sadness and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to get the best of me. Right. It doesn't have to be explosive. It doesn't have to be destructive. And I think a lot of times when men don't have any space for that, or there's nowhere to, to feel all of those things, except for by themselves, that's when eventually at some point it takes over or they start drinking, like you said, and have a heart attack. I mean, 55 is so much closer than it used to be. It's so painful to realize that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That really happens. It does happen. It does happen. Yeah. And, and even if it's, it's not a literal death, it's a figurative one where exactly just, we're not motivated by anything. There's, there's like, there's just this kind of why bother, why bother yeah. trying, why bother being invested in anything. And, and to me, that's more depressing to be around. It's so much more depressing to feel like you're dying inside, you know, that, I mean, not maybe more depressing than, than somebody killing themselves, but it's, it's such a horrible way, a horrible feeling to live that way. And especially to, when it doesn't have to be that way, especially when yes. it doesn't have to be that way, when we can reconnect yeah. to that, which goes back to the empowerment of how can we collaborate or co-create or sometimes walk away. But I always love to make sure that men have had some of those conversations first really started to say, this is, this is what I want. Is this what you want to, if it is, and we don't know how, then we can go look for some tools or we can get some help, but let's just see, are we on the same page and do we want the same thing before you just give it up and walk away? Because sometimes that really, like we said, sometimes people are just living their own lives behind their own kind of, you know, paint filled, pane of glass and thinking it's never going to happen. So I'm not going to bring it up. Well, it's never going to happen. So I'm not going to bring it up. And then nobody brings it up and then people stupid. just settle. Yeah. 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 And I, I say it's stupid. I, I, it's not that people are stupid. It's just unfortunate that we get it's into that. And I think that, I think that the, you know, to just kind of hang it up and walk away, doesn't teach us the empowering step. Yes. It doesn't teach us that, Hey, I can yes. speak up. I can bring this to the relationship. Otherwise we just kind of go back and repeat the same process totally. again and totally. then wonder, we think it's really our partner when we haven't taken into account, Oh, I haven't yeah. learned how to tap into what do I want and then, yeah. and then speak up. I, I, you know, when I work with guys and we're in this phase, I say, how do, even if the relationship's going to end, let's do it in a way where you have peace of mind. Yeah. You really exactly. laid it out there. You did it with heart. You mm -hmm. did it with integrity instead of playing some game yeah. and like it's some chess thing and you got to figure out who can beat who or whatever, who can get who and, yeah. and just be like, yeah, I, I laid it on the table. To bite you in the ass, yeah. right? If you haven't worked, I have a client who I'm loving, he's starting working with him and he's not sure if his wife will ever be soft or be open or be more feminine. And yet he really does recognize, like you're saying, if I don't work through on my end, what I could do to support her, to support us, to support, you know, the relationship actually coming back together and being more intimate and being more connected, then I'm just going to walk on to the next relationship and create this again. And I, I just have so much admiration for that. And it's been interesting in that one. I think this, this comes into play here too. When he's telling me a lot about the dynamic that they're happening 
what I'm getting to notice is, oh, the way he's telling me, it's like he's off in his head and, and I'm like, hey, hey, can you, can you come, come back? Hey, hi, I'm over here. And so then what the, the exciting part for me that happens is as men start to talk about or tell me what's going on in their relationships, usually there's some way of them acting it out that then we can say, oh, hey, this is a blind spot. And whatever's happening between us as a woman who gets to work with men we get to play out some of those dynamics and then give him more tools to actually come back to that relationship and have those conversations in a way, like we said, that works where he's more available and present and connected as opposed to just dropping a bomb and running away or not saying it at all. Right. Right. Excellent. All right. So you got a new book. Tell me about the book. It's called power and pleasure. Uh, man's guide to becoming a more, Con, uh, confident and satisfied lover and leader. It's a little bit of a mouthful. <laughs> Great. So we've been talking about power and pleasure and it's a compilation of man alive podcasts, except for the one that's my podcast that I did on your podcast, a, a new man podcast of my own. So that's exciting. Thank you for that. Great. And I, you know, for me, it's always been important. We've known each other for a long time. It's always been important to have the range of everything all in one place. Right. So it's like, you know, how can you bring more of your heart and soul to work and not feel like you have to leave your humanity at home. And there are 14 different types of orgasms men can have and how you can have them. And 14? yeah, Isn't that exciting. <laughs> Is that like different locations you can, <laughs> you gotta read the book to find out. I do need to read the book. <laughs> and, um, you know, relief for anger and irritability, as we talked about before. And then John Gottman talks about how to make love last. And Terry Real talks about getting real and that kind of fierce, uh, you know, the, the fierceness, the fierce love that it takes to keep a relationship alive. And you talk about getting rid of the BS and being able to actually, you know, step forward and create what you want in your life. So there's this whole range that for me feels I don't know. I get excited about it. And I think a lot of men come to me and say, it's really nice to not have to go over there for the business stuff and over here for sex and relationship. So right. that's one of the things I'm appreciating about it. Yeah. Kindred spirits there. Well, beautiful. And where do we, where do we get the book? On Amazon. So yeah. you can look up power and pleasure, Shana James, and I can give you a link that we can put under the show notes too. Sounds good. All right. Power and pleasure. Go get it at Amazon. Shana, congrats. And thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.